0: It's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, episode 6.
1: On this episode, ladies in space, Google Maps conspiracies, handcuffed on a plane, and lost Niels in the wilderness. Vroom vroom, bitches, let's go. And then the train got
0: lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rail? I just want to get out
1: there, in the wild.
0: Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent.
1: Ahoy! Ahoy! Ahoy. And welcome back to episode 6 of the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Christine. And it's 6. In the mix. In the mix. Yeah. Welcome voyagers to another amazing episode. Probably one of our best episodes, calling it early.
0: Really? We haven't even started yet, <laughs> yeah, but just, okay. I like the confidence.
1: There's an energy in the air that is just getting me very excited about today's episode.
0: There is quite an energy in the air. Yes. It's that Monday morning energy.
1: It's that Monday morning energy. Usually we, we record this podcast on a Thursday or a Friday. Last week it was Sunday. I feel like we're not slipping. We will get this episode out on Monday, but... We are also recording it, so it's going straight from hot off the press straight to Hot
0: off the press, like a hot ass little pancake.
1: Straight to your ears, because we are going to be rushing this through the editing process. Obviously, taking our time and due diligence, but then getting it up there.
0: Yeah, we are. We had a busy weekend. We had a very
1: busy weekend, and we've had a busy week because last week we were in Carmel by the Sea. Oh, take me back! Oh, what a time that was! I tell you, Carmel by the Sea is a beautiful. It's a very quaint little town. And if you're middle aged and you're feeling. If you're middle aged. No, if you're middle aged and you're starting to feel old, you should go to Carmel by the Sea because it brings you back to reality. Because I think the median age in Carmel is probably about 75. Yeah, definitely. If if you want to feel young and hip again,
0: go to Carmel. Go to Carmel. It's fantastic. It's such a cute little town. Oh my God. I loved everything about it. I love Carmel.
1: Yeah. We almost didn't make it there. Uh, We had a small. A small not-so-bon voyage ourselves when we were so wrapped up in choosing songs for our upcoming wedding (gasps) that we completely missed a turn off and I drove half an hour in the wrong direction.
0: I was crying because we chose uh, the song that I'll be walking down the aisle to. Which and is and we which can't is tell you. we're not gonna tell you. We'll tell you after the wedding. Yeah. It's a surprise. But I was crying, no one was looking at the maps. It was just It was a shit just a show. beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment, that's what I meant. <laughs> and <laughs> we uh, yeah, we missed the turn off by about half an hour, so we went an hour out of our way. But you know what? It's all part of the travel game. It's all good. It's all
1: good. Made, it's all we we made it there in the end and we had a beautiful week. And we're back, and we are ready to jump into another great episode.
0: We're ready to rumble. We're ready to rumble. As they say.
1: As they say. In WWE. WWE. You're just gonna make random references to WWE. I do
0: love myself. I used to watch wrestling. It's so fun.
1: I want to go to a live wrestling show.
0: I know. Me too. That'd be so fun. Back in the day, I thought it was real, and they used to do those things where they would like go backstage, and the ambulance would come, Uh, and the person would come into the ambulance and like start beating him up. And I was like, "What the hell? This is crazy." (laughs) Now I know it's probably not real. What? What are you talking about? Sorry to burst your bubble, guys. Yeah, wrestling fake. Fake, fake news. It's fake news. Speaking uh, of fake news, uh, should I jump into my uh, news first news story? Is it
1: fake or is it real? Uh, it's real, actually. Okay. So <laughs> not speaking of fake news. Just speaking of news.
0: Did we have any other um, things to catch up on? Not really. Or are we jumping right into it? No,
1: we're jumping straight into it. This week is going to be another busy week as we rush to get you another episode hot off the press because... Next Tuesday we're flying down to Mexico. Oh
0: my god! And we will
1: definitely be recording some episodes from Mexico because we'll be down there for a month.
0: Forever. Forever.
1: <laughs> Possibly forever.
0: Possibly forever. We are going to Mexico next week. I am not ready, but it's happening. So it's happening. Strap in,
1: guys. Strap in and get ready to rumble. I'm sure there's going to be some some great stories to tell. My parents are coming across to Mexico the first time ever. We've got the whole got crew. Got a lot coming of down. Aussies
0: coming. Oh, look know out. You they're troublemakers. Embrace yourself. Yeah. It's going to be one wild ride. One wild ride.
1: All right. Speaking of wild rides, I actually don't know anything about your story, but... It's it,
0: kind of a wild ride. Well,
1: that would have been really good, uh, convenient.
0: That would have been really convenient. It's not the wildest ride, but it is the story of... This is very, very recent. What's the, what's the date? Is it the 21st? 21st. Oh, my God. Um, how was it the 21st? Whatever, anyway. It's moving like three on, three days to Christmas, right? Like, Christmas is basically New Year's, yeah. so goodbye 2019. So, three days ago, on October 18th, NASA had their first. Did you hear about this?
1: No, but All... I have a story from October 18th as well.
0: <gasps> it was a big day for news. I
1: know we're keeping it really current over here. We're breaking news over it. Don't forget to
0: move. This is oh, breaking oh, news. Oh. Beep, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep,
1: Wrong, wrong uh, channel again. We're breaking news over at Not So Bon Voyage. Not
0: So Bon Voyage, yes. So on October 18th, they NASA had the first all-female spacewalk.
1: You go, girls. You
0: go, girls. So NASA's Christina Koch and Jessica Mayer did the first all-female spacewalk. They were performing maintenance work on the International Space Day. Ever heard of it? Never heard of it. Yeah, I have.
1: Big Cox was up there. <laughs>
0: did you really had to go there leave it to a man to make a dick joke about the first only all-female spacewalk Get um, there. we're gonna pretend we did not make that joke of course but i'm
1: not gonna edit it out
0: of course not why because that's too much work yeah just kidding we're raw and real over here we just let it we just let it go we let the cocks hang out, the cocks hang out. anyway maybe it's pronounced coke we don't know how do you spell it k-o-c-k
1: K O C K.
0: Oh, I no, no, no. Sorry. K O C H. My. K O C H. Uh, K O C H. So, like the Koch brothers. Or like. Or like Kosh. Or Kosh. I think it could be Kosh. It could be Kosh. I think it, it could... is
1: Kosh. There's a guy in Australia who. um, David Kosh, for all our Australian listeners. Is that his name? David Kosh? Koshy? They call him Koshi. He's a bit of a tool. I think that's how he spends his oh, name.
0: Wow. You're just really. Uh... Ah, you know. Okay. Everybody knows it. I'm looking to see if I can find out how to pronounce it. Uh, it's not really a new, the new, in the news, the pronunciation of her name. Anyway, so they did the first all-female all spacewalk. And Trump, we're not really a political uh, podcast here. but We're not. This is just part of the story. Yeah. Um, so everything went fine with the spacewalk. That's not the not-so-bon voyage. But Trump was on the phone with the women. And to congr- congratulate, con- rewind congratulated them on the first time a woman has walked out of the space station, which did not happen in 2019. It happened in
1: 1984. Oh,
0: that's a long time ago. That is a long time ago. Uh, so that happened with Russia's Svetlana Savitskaya. Hmm. I'm going to think that I feel like that's how you pronounce it.
1: You feel like Trump would be up to date with this Russian news.
0: I, yeah. Yes. That was a great joke. (laughs) Um, yeah, he uh, was mistaken. The first time it happened was 1984. I thought you were
1: going to say the first time he was mistaken.
0: The first time he was mistaken was in 1984. Yeah. No, it's definitely before that. <laughs> um, and 14 other women have also walked outside of the space station. So he was very factually incorrect. The women on the phone, Jessica Mayer corrected him and basically said, that's not right. So that's, yeah. So that's his not-so-convite. We're not getting political here, but... Let's just say I'm not surprised that he made that faux pas. Oh, anyway, faux pas. Congratulations, ladies. That is so awesome. That's not
1: like a travel win, then.
0: Yeah, that's a no, no. That's a yeah. I basically I just wanted to talk about how awesome this is. But it's funny. There's like the, some drama. So I guess this was actually supposed to happen in March with a different woman, not Jessica Mayer, and um, but this woman named Anne McLean. But in
1: March, it was just a bad time of the month
0: oh god you didn't make the broiest jokes oh, today yeah. jesus hey, i'm
1: all about equality and i congratulate these women but i have to if it's there i just have to be oh my
0: god it's so bro anyway can i keep going with my yes. story so this the, there was space drama because this other woman was supposed to go on the first all-female spacewalk in march with kosh or coke or christina with, with christina cock. And she didn't. This woman, Anne McLean, didn't join. They think because her ex-wife accused her of what appeared to be the first space bi- cyber crime. Oh, which was uh, something about a stolen identity. Which just sounds—it's like a whole. That's like a whole other story. Okay, didn't I didn't really you, get a I think chance. You're gonna
1: have to get into that and get back to us. I'm
0: definitely gonna get back to you because the first spice space for space cybercrime that just sounds too juicy to pass up but nasa denied that's why they cancelled it they said that they simply didn't have two appropriately sized space suits for the female astronauts Mm. which seems i would just go with the first space cybercrime and have that take the fall instead of you couldn't get some freaking astronaut suits yeah i mean i know they're probably hard to make but jesus like
1: maybe they just couldn't match the suits to the boots
0: Oh, the suits and the boots. Okay, <laughs> the boots Well, good on suits. you, ladies. That
1: sounds. That's anyway, amazing. Good
0: yeah, on good them. on you, Christina and Jessica. You're killing it. So cool. You 2019. go, girls. Good
1: work. 2019, girls are getting outside of the, the space, space station, station and,
0: and walking around and
1: crushing it. So good work, ladies. Uh, my story is actually from October 18th as well as we've discussed probably about two minutes ago. It was a big day in the news. Big day. My story. Now you weren't reminded, and I've named my stories again. Oh, okay. This one's Jesus, called
0: Jesus I take the wheel because I am never gonna remember to name my friggin' stories. It's okay. not gonna happen.
1: This one's called Get Me Out of Here. And it happened over the weekend, so October eighteenth. And it kind of goes in line with some of our other aeroplane stories that we talked about last week. So if you didn't hear last week's we talked about some some older Chinese passengers perhaps trying to get the some luck on a flight by throwing coins into an engine. Yeah. Like you would throw a penny into a fountain. I, I said a pond. Last a pond. Week. Yeah.
0: Keep your pennies out of the, ponds, Keep your guys. the, out the pond, guys. The ducks don't want
1: those. No. Quack, quack. This is in line with that. And we also talked about emergency doors and things like that. It was a very funny episode. You should check it out. So this is on flight T-03010. It's not really that important, but I just thought it'd be uh, put in the extra detail. I love details. From Paris to Marrakesh, so from ah, France beautiful. to Morocco. Love it. Aboard Airbus A320 operated by Dutch airline Transavia. So in a nutshell, the plane takes off from Paris 15 minutes into the flight. Everybody hears some loud shouting and they hear a bit of a commotion. And the crew had to physically restrain somebody, a passenger, and make a diversion back to Paris because the man was trying to open the emergency exit.
0: What is wrong with people? I don't know, but guys leave those things alone. But this Jesus. is the
1: story. This is happening. I mean, the more the more I look into it, the more I see find more and more stories about this. So this person, so 15 minutes in, plane takes off. So they're still they're still building altitude and he's yanking on the the emergency exit door trying to open it and get it open. So what would physically happen if that door was to open or any kind of opening would be it would be uh, what's called explosive decompression and you would get sucked out. Mm-hmm. But I so I did some research on this because we were talking about it last week we were like, you know, can you open the door? Can you not? Is there a special right. lock or a lever? I'll get to that in a second. So the man was trying to open the the overwing exit. People were screaming and the man apparently wasn't saying anything.
0: Oh, my God. So he
1: wasn't saying – he wasn't calling out threats. He wasn't you know, making any kind of bold claims. He didn't seem – he just wasn't saying – he was just trying to open the door. The crew had to basically pounce on him. They held him down. They were able to handcuff him. The plane landed in Orley. Orley? Uh-huh. Is that the – what's Orley? that? Orly the Paris airport? I think it's airport? Orley. And the police took the man away. A spokesman for the Orley airport said – now this is where I started to research it. Um, well, so the, the passengers obviously got delayed. They got put on another flight, and they went to Marrakesh, and they all landed safely. And I'm, I'm good sure... to know. I
0: like that update.
1: Yeah, so it's not a very long flight. I don't think it's probably a couple of hours. They're very close. It, yeah, they're very close. So a spokesman for the Orlé Airport said that it would be impossible for the man to actually open the door mid-flight. Oof. So I thought I better get some a information. second opinion. I better get a second opinion. I better get some information for our voyagers because you know we've been to, we make big we make big bold claims on this podcast we and really sometimes do. we don't actually look them up so i decided to do a little bit of snooping well Ooh. actually i just did some research so here's what i found about on opening an emergency exit during a flight during the flight the emergency exit doors are held in place by the difference in pressure between the inside and the outside of the cabin So because the the cabins are pressurized, Mm -hmm. it's something... Now, I don't actually understand it that well. I've written down the notes, but it's something to do with how the cabins are pressurized at that altitude that actually create like a seal, like Mm. a vacuum seal basically on the door based on how the from the outside pressure to the inside pressure. And so no human is physically strong enough to actually open the door. What about a gorilla? Well, no, it wouldn't be possible. It's okay. physically impossible to open the flight the door during a flight when the cabin is pressurized.
0: Just checking, because what if someone brings their emotional support gorilla, and then
1: we're all screwed. Or emotional support horse, and that horse kicks oh, it. Horse, yeah. You know, that's actually a story that I wanted to cover, that somebody actually did bring a little Shetland pony onto,
0: oh, as an emotional cute. support animal. On the plane? On the plane. Oh my God, that's adorable.
1: So at cruising altitude, there is... Now, this is where I don't really understand... What the math or the science is, but at cruising altitude, there are eight pounds of pressure pushing against every square inch of the plane's interior. All right? now I'd, That sounds
0: like a lot of pressure. Well, it
1: doesn't really, because eight oh, pounds no. is not a lot. Mm. But yeah. apparently even two pounds would be more than any human could push. Really? So eight is four okay. times. So it's humanly impossible for you to actually open the doors. Okay. So there you go.
0: There we go. They did but say that, that fucking
1: with the door could break something that could set off these safety alarms it could start to the mass might drop from the ceiling you know there could be things like that happen but you couldn't actually physically open the door
0: okay but what about when you're ascending
1: and the pressure is changing
0: and the pressure is building
1: well i don't know okay i'm not sure
0: because so i was, just don't think they... it's possible
1: to open the door when the flight's on because of the pressure the cabin's pressurized
0: okay they because they pressurize when they're on the ground right someone yes yeah so we're probably
1: good. So they start to pressurize the cabin before you've taken off. Mm. And then they do it up until, and I think the same thing probably happens when you land mm-hmm. that the decompression's starting. Okay. But if Superman was on the flight. Yes. Or Super Lady. Yes. 2019.
0: 2019. On Sup- female spacewalk. There we go. Superwoman. Ever heard of it? Yep.
1: And Super Person. Mm -hmm. was able to bust the door open there would be what would be called explosive decompression and that's what happens when uh a window breaks if something rips off like and there is an actual hole created it will be explosive in the sense that it it explodes and things are sucked out at a ferocious rate
0: well that's terrifying until the
1: until the cabin repressurizes at the altitude but then at that altitude you need the oxygen to breathe otherwise. Okay. Cuz the oxygen is too thin. Okay. That's why they pressurize it. Anyway, it was very interesting and I came across a story that is crazy that was just too much to tell today, so I'm going to save it for uh it's an older story, but it is phew, it's okay. very detailed and I'm going to save it for another day.
0: Cliffhanger.
1: Cliffhanger. Jeez. Make sure you subscribe. Yeah,
0: you don't want to miss that one. Nope. Okay.
1: So my travel takeaway which is a new thing that we're going to do and I don't think you told me yours.
0: Oh, are we doing that for every story? Yeah, that's what I, I only was I thought it was thinking the only the main one. We really oh. got to decide this thing beforehand. Yeah, now. I know.
1: So a travel takeaway, my travel takeaway from this story, and so it's going to be a little a little section on tips. Is don't open suggestions.
0: The, the plane door. It is don't
1: try to open emergency door while flying. Not only can you not do it, you will get thrown in jail.
0: Good tip.
1: Yeah, so stop fucking with the doors, people.
0: Yeah, just leave the doors alone. I'm not going to trust anybody near an emergency exit. Now that I've read all these stories about people trying to open the doors, I'm like, no, I'm sitting in all of the emergency exits. Yeah, I seats. feel like
1: I feel like since we've started this podcast, we've done quite a, a lot of crazy flight stories, and this is definitely not helping my flight anxiety. Right. And we have to fly next week down to Mexico. Oh yeah. Okay, fantastic. Okay, this is going to be great. Do
0: not open the emergency exit door. I was going to, but now I'm not. Yeah.
1: Because now you know it's humanly impossible.
0: Humanly impossible. But if I bring my gorilla, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Well, that was very interesting, wasn't it? Hmm. Hmm. Okay.
1: But it was interesting to learn about the fact that it's not possible. That makes me feel better. It makes me feel way better. Way better. Way better. better.
0: That's a good thing to know. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. So, uh, I have another in the news. Oh, I'm going to keep this one short because it's not that exciting. Uh, that was a good lead up, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's on the edge of their seats now. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't
1: wait to hear this one.
0: So, my story is about a young man, a 16 year old. This just happened the other day in, on like the 17th of October.
1: Wow. Well, we're keeping it really current.
0: We are keeping it very current. Keep it real so basically
1: a news a news we're podcast.
0: basically news you're a trusted news source mm. basically that's who anything we are.
1: other than math science
0: definitely not math yeah
1: anything technical that involves facts yeah
0: nah, nah. we're just more of the storytellers yeah so this, never let the truth get in the way of a good story oh that's a great quote yeah. so good i love it So this was Miles McCready. He is a 16-year-old, and he was traveling from Indiana to Ireland to try out for the under-19 national lacrosse team. Uh, So it was his first international flight alone, and he was flying out of O'Hare, which is in New York. Is that right? Mm. That sounds... New Jersey or New York? New York, yes. And he... Was But he ended up getting stuck at the Newark Liberty International Airport in New Jersey. And he was stuck there for more than 24 hours while traveling by himself. So basically, his flight out of O'Hare was delayed, which caused him to miss his connecting flight in Newark. Uh, So his mom booked him another flight to Europe, and then that was canceled. So basically, he just had to wait for a really long time before getting his new flight to Europe. And it's kind of this weird glitch in the system gray area so there's a special room for unaccompanied minors at the airport but they have to be under 14 so he's 16 he's obviously older than 14 i can do that math Yep. what do you think about that what do you think about that good math huh (laughs) but he was too young to go to a hotel because most hotels you have to be 25 so he was kind of 25. yeah
1: what what do you think so
0: right no Or maybe i'm thinking of renting a car we don't definitely have to be yeah, a lot of hotels you have to be over at no. least twenty one, yes. Why? You're an adult at eighteen. I don't know. That's just how it how it is. Just, well, roll, you just you're too irresponsible. Law of the land. I
1: mean, it's fair enough. Like you are irresponsible at that age, but that seems ridiculous. Twenty Maybe because
0: they have alcohol in the room. maybe it's twenty one.
1: It it must be twenty one.
0: Yeah. Anyway, well, whatever he was too young. he was sixteen, okay. so he could he united let him stay in the unaccompanied minor room for a few hours, but then they kicked him out at six a m and he didn't understand why, so he was basically just wandering around the airport, and his mom's really pissed off because he was just there was no attention given to him. he didn't have anybody looking after him. he was just wandering around this airport. He had some food vouchers, but yeah. That's And I'm then sorry. what happened to him? And then he went to uh, – he missed a couple practices, but he got to the uh, National Cross tryouts. He got
1: there. there it this doesn't is a mov- say this if he got on the, the team. He got there in the end just in time for the last game. And, yeah. they, and the team was down at halftime. And they were like, "Where? what's his name? Miles. Where's Miles? And they're like, we Miles, can't do it without Miles, him. And, Miles. and then at halftime, they're down. They're looking out. And then Miles rolls in. He's got his – his suitcase, he's got his bag of airport food from his food vouchers. Yes. And the whole crowd erupts and he goes on to win. Yeah. That would be a great movie. That would be
0: a great... That's, pretty that's much, a great movie. That's pretty much
1: any 90s movie that involves sport. I was
0: going to say, I think that was the Mighty Ducks, wasn't it? I think
1: that's any 90s movie that involves sport. The there's Big always Green. A, there's a good player. There's something happens. They can't play. The team makes it to the championship even despite all the odds. And then at halftime, they're getting thumped, and then the good player comes back, they win the game, and everybody lives happily ever after. Oh,
0: Oh, wow. You really made my story way more interesting. I love it.
1: I mean, that's how I read it in my head.
0: Yes, I love that. I just thought this story was interesting because I was like 16. That's young, but that's not that young to be in an airport alone for 24 hours. Like, it's like, eh. You're 16. You can take care of yourself. Yeah, I'm sure he had a tablet or at least a smartphone or something. I don't know. I just, but then, like, when I was 16, I was pretty young feeling. So, hard to say. But that's my story. Yeah.
1: And you're sticking to it.
0: I'm sticking to it. Fantastic. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. My next one, and then we're going to get into our main stories, is called Googly Directions.
0: Googly. Googly, googly or Googling?
1: Googly. Googly. As in, like, like googly looping. eyes. Yeah. Googly directions. The small town. You know, I've done some good research into the background of this story and and other ones, but one thing that I'm not doing is looking at pronunciations Mm. because I am just can't be bothered.
0: Just going off the cuff.
1: Yeah. The small town of Baunay.
0: That doesn't sound right. That does not sound right.
1: (laughs) It's on on the island of Sardinia in Italy.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. We've heard a lot about Sardinia.
1: It's B-A-U-N-I-E. Baunay. 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 I'm going to call it B. Okay, B. The small town of B on the island of Sardinia has banned the use of Google Maps after too many people have been lost while using the app. Okay. All right. The mayor of B, I've actually spelled it differently in my notes here as well. That's fun. (laughs) Keep you on your toes. Yeah. The mayor of B, Salvatore Corias. Now, of course, his name's Salvatore. Obviously. Salvatore. Great name. What a great name. Excellent. So, So Salvatore Corias uh, his name, yeah, his name Salvatore. just like most people who probably live in Sardinia. He mm-hmm. said that too many sedans and small cars get stuck on impassable paths, sometimes even off-road vehicles too. All this because you follow the suggestion of Google Maps, which on our roads are often misleading. Mm. So basically, it's one of those classic scenarios where Google thinks it knows everything. I mean, it knows a lot of things, let's be yeah. honest. We're kind of slaves to the, the Google bots. Oh, totally. I am. But... In actual fact, that road that Google says, yeah, sure, take your car down, is either a hiking path or it's an off-road path or it's a small one-way. Right. And so people have been going, driving around and getting stuck. So B, the town of B, Bainai, yep, is located on the eastern coast of Sardinia, close to the rugged coast, and it's a popular tourist spot. When tourists use the map, they it often directs them onto small pedestrian-only paths or hiking paths where they can get stuck and unable to turn around. Salvatore, the mayor, the big boss, Says in the last two years there have been 144 rescue missions to help people who have had their vehicles stuck.
0: Oh my god, that is way too many. So it's starting to become
1: an issue. So it's a it's a financial burden not only on the city of B, but also on the people. Yes. To get rescued. So whoever's got a tow truck business over there.
0: Oh, they're probably, cashing
1: in. They're probably in cahoots with Google. I
0: think so. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is a
1: conspiracy. Yeah, so oh, that is a conspiracy. Google conspiracy. <gasps> Google conspiracy. Google ruins the maps, gets people stuck, Google. and then starts up a tow company.
0: Yes, we're oh cracking my them. My God,
1: I think we found our
0: new niche. We found it. Google Spiracy is the podcast coming to your ears. Yeah, very soon.
1: All, all but completely based off no fact, just speculation. I love like speculation. Most conspiracies. So now in an effort to help people, the town is putting up signs advising them not to use Google Maps for directions. And the signs say, do not follow the directions of Google Maps.
0: That's a very clear sign. There you go. I love it. It's direct to the point.
1: They're also trying to get in contact with Google to fix the issue at the root cause. And Salvador says, We contacted Google to intervene, connecting the correcting the indications that give the green light to enter improbable roads. They replied that they would verify, but they still haven't heard anything concrete.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right for a conspiracy. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: I said, uh, I was thinking maybe Salvatore needs to make them an offer they can't refuse.
0: Oh, I love
1: it. <laughs> just, just stereotyping. Just yeah, of course. Left, right and center. <laughs> I'm sorry, Salvador. Sorry. <laughs> do we know anyone at Google who can help this issue?
0: Uh, yes, we do know people at Google. I don't know if they can help with this issue. We need someone. They're very close they are to very us cool. right now. We so probably, we could just pop over. We could
1: probably drive down to Google yeah. in about 15 minutes.
0: Yes. 20 minutes. But that's the thing is that people trust Google so blindly. And I probably would do the same thing. But like you're literally, I feel like this is, was in an episode of The Office.
1: Well, I've actually got that written (laughs) down in my notes as an, as a reminds me of the episode in the office where Michael Scott's following the sat navigation yeah, and he drives into the lake.
0: Right. Totally. That's basically people with Google. They're like, Google says go straight. And it's like, um, this trail is like three feet wide. I don't think we've
1: lost common sense.
0: Yes, we have. People have just, and I am just leading the pack on that. Oh yeah. I would get so lost if I weren't for Google maps. I literally don't know how to get anywhere. I'm the worst with directions. But you,
1: were like that before google maps was even a thing
0: oh i've always been like that i just have no, i'm just completely oblivious to wherever i'm going yeah you
1: could walk into a room and forget how to walk out
0: <laughs> that's so true i'm like where am i
1: so, so google did make a bit of an, a statement they said we're aware of an issue in sardinia where google maps is routing some drivers down roads that can be difficult to navigate due to their terrain we're currently working with the local government to resolve the issue and are investigating ways we can better alert drivers about these types of roads I bet you that this is probably one town of many that this is an issue.
0: Mm. Especially oh, in I'm places, sure.
1: obviously over here, the roads and the data is very up to date. I mean, Google is literally 20 minutes down the road from us, along with every other tech company. So we've got Street View. We've got all all the fancy up to date. But you go to some tiny island in the middle of nowhere, or you go to this little town in Sardinia. Mm-hmm. Who, who's, who's driving the Google car around there?
0: That's so true. How did they know? I don't know. Yeah, that seems suspicious. Like I feel like we've been in Bali before, and it's like this isn't a road. Oh, 100%. Google, that would be a fun vlog series. It's you just go and you follow Google blindly until it leads you into some crazy mishaps. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun, but you'd probably piss off the local people, Definitely. except for the tow truck people, That'd who be we like, know cha-ching, now cha-ching. are in cahoots with Google. Oh yeah, we cracked crack that code, didn't we?
1: So while researching this story. I found that this is, so this was, I mean, I'm sure I could probably find a lot of stories, but one that I thought was pretty funny was back in 2016, two tourists blamed Google Maps for driving their car through a pedestrian area of the Venice canals.
0: Because
1: <gasps> they, oh. they just typed in where the hotel was and they probably just followed it.
0: That's hysterical. Followed it blindly.
1: So yeah, if you have a story about a, story. a misled direction from Google, make sure you send it in.
0: Yeah, we'd love to know. Yeah. We want firsthand accounts. Yeah. And what did the tow truck look like who <laughs> rescued you? Yeah. Did it have red, green, and yellow markings on it? Mm. Are those the Google colors? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Like did you have colors? to Google it? Did you have to Google it? Was it the first thing that came up? Is it called G Towing?
1: G Towing. These are all the things we want to know. These
0: are all the things we need for our Google Conspiracy Podcast.
1: Yeah, and if you want to make sure, if you want to get in contact about a story where you've been misled by Google or any other crazy mishap, remember that you can always hit us up on at notsobonvoyage on Instagram and Twitter. Use the hashtag NotSoBonVoyage to join in the conversation or you can email us or hit us up on our website, NotSoBonVoyage.com.
0: Maybe we can do a class action lawsuit against Google. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Send yeah. us in your stories. We'll collate them.
1: Yep. We'll get um we'll get some dodgy strip mall lawyer.
0: We'll get the Vegas guy.
1: We'll get the Vegas guy to come and help us out.
0: Yeah. And we'll just make bank. We'll make so much bank. Yeah. Google's got a lot of money. they got a lot of money. They could yeah. dish out a little bit. They can give us some. Yeah. That was a very interesting story.
1: So my travel takeaway, we kind of addressed it already, but my travel takeaway is that you should learn to use directions without Google Maps.
0: Uh, never. Not going to happen for me, but Google is everybody destroying else should.
1: <laughs> our ability to self-navigate and our sense of adventure.
0: Well, I didn't have an ability to self-navigate before Google. I don't have one now.
1: What happens when the maps go down one day?
0: I'll just be off into the desert. (laughs) I mean, see you later. I'm off into the horizon. Okay, bye. Bye. There we go. Okay, good story.
1: Okay, so that was all some some pretty current in the news. And now we're going to jump into our main stories.
0: Yes, we are going back 16 years in time. Whoa. Before Miles McCready was even born. Or he might have been a few months old.
1: This is before he had to worry about being left in an airport by himself.
0: Little did he know, 16 years later, he would be in an airport wandering around. Is this
1: Miles McCready's origin story?
0: Oh my gosh. (gasps) There is actually a baby (laughs) in this story. (laughs) Okay. That would be amazing. Maybe, okay, now it's all coming together. I'm like putting, like my string is on the map. You know what I'm talking about? You're
1: like Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover. Or
0: that other meme of that lady who's got like the math in her head. Where is that from? I don't know. It's a very famous meme. I'm sure you've seen it.
1: The other meme is the one, isn't it, like Goodwill Hunting or something? You see the genius? Yes. He's like, I never saw it, but yeah, yeah. You know, all those genius memes.
0: All the math memes. All the
1: math memes. Yeah. So that's like what my head feels like when I'm trying to do stuff like how like many ratios? ratios? Uh, I'm still. I'm like, oh, I've got mm. the chalk. Tra- I've got the pen out. I'm dr- I'm drawing on the.
0: There's like division, and there's like algebra. And yeah, calculus
1: for a simple uh, ratio equation. I'm yeah. drawing on a window somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Main story time.
0: Okay. Main story. Your first. Didn't we have it Didn't we story. have a?
1: Didn't we talk about having some kind of jingle for in the news?
0: Oh yeah. In the news. In the news. Rise and shine. No, oh. We've been singing the rise Kylie Jenner shine. rise and shine song, which consists of one line, which is three words: rise and shine. It's just so catchy it's very catchy actually <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about and you care you can google kylie jenner and if you don't care then don't do it don't care um, we don't care we don't care we don't care
1: we don't actually care that much about the song either
0: no it's just in our head oh mm. whatever okay main them story damn
1: jenner's and kardashians they're always
0: in your head they're infiltrating anyway main story do do my story is from june of 2003 It is the story of Blake Stanfield, who is 38, and his father Neil, who take a trip to celebrate Neil's 65th birthday. They're outdoorsy. They're mountain men. They probably have beards. I've never seen a photo of them, but I imagine they're quite rugged. And they love the outdoors. Plaid shirts, totally. The whole pocket knives on their belt that's part of it yes definitely for neil's 65th birthday they decide to do an outdoorsy trip to the wilderness of alaska Ah, oh. there's are so outdoorsy blake lives in seaward alaska where he was where he's married and has a family i think you say he's mayor
1: <laughs> he's the mayor <laughs> he's the mayor <laughs> <Of C-word. laughs>
0: yeah he's the mayor of seaward <laughs> he's married oh it just reminds me of arrested development and they have the uh, boat called the Sea Word. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, and his father lives in Oklahoma City. So they decide to do a rafting trip down the Koyukuk River. I really need to look up the pronunciations before no, I do don't. these stories. Koyukuk River.
1: Yep, that's that, that one
0: is basically I don't think you could pronounce it any other way. It's very simple, direct spelling. So the boys, they love being outdoors. The men, I should say, they're the men. They're men.
1: They're not sixteen-year-old boys stuck in an airport. No,
0: they're definitely not. They're mountain men, being outside in Alaska. So they've always done backpacking trips together. Blake's like done mountaineering and rock climbing. So they're, you know, they're outdoorsy. So they get dropped off by a bush pilot on a gravel bar on the Koyukuk River. And mm. when I say gravel bar, I do not mean like a swim-up bar. And I, there ain't no cocktails on this gravel bar. Gravel bar? Yeah. What is a gravel bar? I think it's, you know when you're on a river and there's kind of like an island sort mm. of that's like just gravel? Yep. Yeah, you know what I'm talking like about. Like a sandbar. It's like a bank, it's but like in the a, middle. It's
1: like a sandbar, but it's gravel.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, mm. That's probably the best way to describe yeah. it. Okay. It's a sandbar, but it's gravel. It's a gravel bar. Yeah. It's so it's this long is enough a, to land a plane? apparently mm. it's a big it's a big gravel bar it's, okay. large. <laughs> and <in charge>. it's <laughs> so large
1: and in charge
0: it's large and in charge um so uh, they're on the koyokuk river which is a tributary river of the yukon i don't know what tributary <laughs> means but it, that's what it, it is. sounds important it sounds important it sounds like it was a tribute but i think it basically means it leads I mean, into not the like, yukon
1: yeah i mean it's not like like they made the river as a tribute yeah to the yukon. they're
0: like that we love the yukon so much we're making our own river <laughs> congratulations and the the river decided (laughs) the river decided so they're on this river they decide to spend their first night on the gravel bar they're not really in a hurry the first rapids they're hitting are four or five days down the river so they're just like let's you know get some rest on this gravel bar and chill so that first night blake decides to rearrange some of his gear he puts his knife and his lighter into his shorts pocket okay
1: sounds like some revolutionary stuff yeah (laughs) yeah He's really he's really he's changing really high it up. Tech. You mean on the same pocket? Wow. Yeah. It's this is pretty crazy. This is insane. Yeah. I can't I don't know where this story is going now.
0: I'm guessing he had a zipper on his pocket. I think he I can imagine him in the real outdoorsy clothes. You yeah. know those clothes you're only wearing in that wilderness Yeah. because you don't you were, want anybody to see you and cuz you've
1: wear them anywhere else you look like the biggest dork.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm going to guess that he was wearing those shorts that zip off And into pants, or the pants into shorts, you know? Yeah, that way around. Yeah, either way. way.
1: (laughs) Have you ever seen someone wear those in the real world?
0: Yes. They're Uh, not good.
1: I tell you, I don't know if I've ever seen something less stylish.
0: Sorry if you have those. They're very practical.
1: Practicality is a 10 out of 10.
0: 10 out of 10. Fashion? Negative 10. Negative 10. Out of 10. Out of 100. Out of 100. Out of 100. They're not cute, but, no. you know, whatever. You do you, Blake. I don't even know if he was actually wearing those. He might have just been wearing normal shorts. Yeah. I don't want to blow up his spot, and he's, like, actually extremely stylish.
1: I'm I'm just going to, in my head, I'll never be able to not imagine him with those zip-off shorts now. Yeah,
0: that's who he is now. Yep. So the next afternoon, they decide to hop on the raft, get into the river. It was June, so it's the very beginning of rafting season, and they're the first rafters on the river. Of the whole season.
1: You never want to be first.
0: You don't want to be first. so then
1: it's untried.
0: <laughs> it's untried. You just don't be... A f- be second. Be second. Why do you need to be first?
1: Let the other test dummies go down first.
0: Exactly. Oh, my God. I also, I'll also i tell you this funny thing later. But anyway... Um, everyone or just me? <laughs> everyone. Okay. Remind me about the um, water park that has the most inj- injuries in America. Okay. Can you remind me of that I'll later? Try. I can't go off course now. I'm already on this boat. I'm already you're on this already, raft. Uh, you're already down the river. I'm already partly down the river. So, so they're the first rafters of the season. This is going to take me forever to tell if we keep going on tangents. So <laughs> they let me bust through this. They see animal prints in the mud on the shore because they're you know the first people, not ever, but of the season. They see bear tracks, wolf tracks, caribou. Carabao? Caribou. Caribou? Caribou, yeah. Caribou, boo. Hey. <laughs> so the men had a c- cataract. <laughs> a cataract? <laughs> Which... The
1: men had cataracts.
0: They, my Google Docs wanted me to change it to cataract so bad, uh, but it is a cataract. So this basically looks like two canoes that are connected a few feet apart with a base in the middle.
1: Okay, so it's a catamaran.
0: It's a catamaran raft. It raft. doesn't look. I don't know. I didn't see theirs specifically, but I Google imaged it. These things don't look like the most stable boats okay. of sorts, but you know, apparently people they're the zip use off them. pants of the rafting world. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're just kind of what they sound like. It's a cataraft. It's a cataraft. Obviously. A, yeah. So you kind of sit in the in the base in the middle, and then the two oars go on the outside of the two canoes to steer. Yep. So they're cruising down the river, it's like chill, it's very wide, it's about 100 feet wide, um, and then they start to notice sheets of ice clinging to the sides of the river. But it was June, um, and they didn't see anything concerning when they took the bush plane coming up from um, the outpost, they figured they're good.
1: It'd be hard to see ice from up there.
0: Would it? Well, the bush planes go pretty low. Yeah. You've okay. been in
1: one. I have. Yeah. It's terrifying.
0: Yeah. that <laughs> sounds scary. <laughs> Anyway, so they round another bend, and they see a shelf of ice that is the entire width of the river blocking their path. Wow. Which so a big shelf of ice. The current was really quick, so they couldn't fight back upstream. And apparently nobody said a word as the boat slammed into the ice and flipped.
1: Okay. And so then they're on the ice.
0: They're under the ice.
1: Under? Oh. They're pulled under by the current. one of the most the terrifying things ever.
0: So they're under this rock-hard slab of ice being pulled down by the current. They've got jagged blocks of ice river scraping their face, their scalps. It's, you know, things are coming at them. There's little air pockets, so they're getting quick breaths as the current is sweeping them along. At some point, they pop back up from the ice into an opening... Or, sorry, eh, rewind. Blake says they have no idea how long they were down there. He said that time stops when stuff like this happens. So I can imagine. Just he's yeah, he doesn't even know. He's a time traveler. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so at some point they pop back up from the ice into an opening in the river, and Blake tells his father that he's sorry for getting him into such trouble. No. Oh my god, that which would be so heartbreaking as a father to hear that your son feels guilty
1: that you're for, about to die. that
0: you're basically about to die. Oh my god, so sad. Then they get pulled back under and there's this time there's no air pocket Oof! so basically it sounds like a movie like they're under the freezing water he said there's a dim green light that's coming through the ice ceiling but his like lungs are rushing like just like freezing cold and burning and blake says he remembers wondering how he would die if he would just breathe in the water and drown or if he would come back out if he would black out and then drown Which is interesting that you would think.
1: Probably one of the two, but either way, it's going to happen. Yeah, I
0: mean, you'd prefer to black out, right? Yeah. Anyway, finally, with seconds of breath left, they pass the ice shelf. Hurrah. Hurrah. Thank goodness. But that doesn't mean that their story is over. So Blake was able to swim ashore. He's on another gravel bank, and he's racing barefoot, chasing down his father, who's still in the water. And if you've ever like rivers are fast, man. Yeah. Like I, remember I was in um, Yosemite with my good friends Corey and Christina, and Christina slipped in a river, and was being pulled down the stream as Corey and I are running down the the side of the river chased like trying to get her oh my god it was terrifying at the time we were kind of laughing because we are like oh shit but like it's that can really be very dangerous luckily she was able like the river um was shallow enough that she was able to stop but those things are quick yeah so eventually he's running barefoot um eventually he gains on his dad um and his dad's able to latch onto a block of ice just under the surface He tries... The dad tries to swim to shore, but he's got the current dragging him under. So Blake grabs a 10-foot spruce branch, throws it out to him, and pulls him back in. So now they're safe from the river, but it's very clear that Neil is in the first stage of hypothermia. He's shaking uncontrollably. That's what I was thinking
1: would be the next thing.
0: It would be freezing cold. I mean, it's basically melted snow, ice. They don't really have much left. Everything was in the boat. So all they have left is a lighter, a knife, life vest, whistles, a map. Um and I then knew that
1: lighter and and, yeah, and was gonna oh come Oh my around. god.
0: That I mean, if they didn't have that, they would basically be screwed. Yes. I mean I don't I don't think they would have been able to survive. They only have one pair of waiters. Not not people who are serving them dinner. Gasson, soup of the day, please. <laughs> they only have two waiters. That's ridiculous.
1: This, is, this service here is terrible. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um one pair of like uh waiters. waiters, yeah. What do you what would we call those? Probably waiters. Boots. Boots boots big boots dry boots so they get to a dry area and they make a fire and he basically tells his dad like strip down get in front of this fire warm up because otherwise you're you're gonna have hypothermia so they decide that blake needs to start walking to find help because no one's gonna be out there looking for them they're just gonna be screwed so blake starts walking He said he's walking on this uneven tundra. He said it was like walking on bowling balls. At one point, walking on bowling balls. Yeah. I guess it was just very uneven. Like, just, (laughs) I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting detail. Yeah. I guess maybe it was very round. (laughs) I think it just means like super uneven. With the occasional holes in there. With some crevices and some dips. Yeah. And maybe the little holes that are in a bowling ball. I don't know. Yeah. Things like that. Maybe they had all had numbers on them eight, 10 <laughs> different colors. So he, he spots a, a, black bear and hides behind a tree. So he's waiting for this black bear to move on. Uh, and then he decides he will, which is like, you can fight a black bear. I think.
1: Well, I think you can scare them away. Yeah. Black bears yeah, they're, are the most to, timid. They are black bears. I mean, I would prefer not to see one. I, if prefer, I, had a choice. I prefer. Yeah. But, I would prefer to see a black bear than a grizzly.
0: Okay, well, so he waits for the black bear to leave, and then he decides he'll continue on only to find a sleeping grizzly. Oh,
1: fantastic. So
0: things are going from bad things to worse. Things are really looking up for these yeah, guys. Yeah, things are looking up. So he said he'd been singing and whistling to alert the bears, but for some reason this grizzly what was he sung. passed out cold.
1: wonder what he sung
0: that's what i was wondering well i was it just reminded me of this detail from my last story with the girls on the ferry um apparently one of them couldn't stop singing rock the boat like rock, rock the boat, boat don't rock, rock the boat, boat baby. baby what, a, what a, she was singing that in the life raft oh, okay i forgot to add that detail but she was like she was like i just need to do something you know i mean well, you she could was pick there. any other song it was the first thing that came to mind and she was singing it. And she so, was sticking to it. So maybe he was singing like I don't know, are there any bear songs? Songs about bears. If
1: you go out in the woods today, Teddy Bear Picnic? Yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Could have been. I mean maybe the they were having a picnic. Yeah. We don't know. So he does a wide berth around the grizzly. Makes sense. And he avoids waking the grizzly up. So that's good. That's great. So after more than twelve hours of hiking on bowling balls, <laughs> um Neil stops to make a fire, dries dries has a
1: perfect three hundred.
0: Dries his clothes. Sorry, Blake does that. Blake stops to make a fire and dries his clothes. I've lost
1: track of who's who anyway.
0: Blake's the younger Blake's the son. Just say son or dad. Okay. The son stops to make a fire, dries clothes. Meanwhile the dad is desperately he's back at where they were landed. Yep. And he's desperately trying to keep this fire alive because the sun has kept the um like lighter and everything yep. so he's trying really hard to keep this fire alive um and he's like made a makeshift shelter he like the first makeshift shelter catches on fire he makes another shelter catches on fire he's just basically like trying desperately to stay alive so they're out there for five days separated wow. separated with no food
1: Separated? Yes. So one has a fire and one doesn't?
0: Well, Neil, the father stayed back and kept the fire, original fire alive. For five days? and For five days. Wow. And the son took the lighter with him, so he was able to build little fires along the way. So five days without any food. This is badass. Yeah. They are like the ultimate outdoors people after this. So... And so, you know, the son is really worried about the father, obviously. He's worried if he fell asleep and let the fire go out. He's worried about bears. Like, they're just stressing. So they're out there for five days. And eventually, a bush plane with five construction workers who are working in the area. They wanted to see the river before they left uh, their working situation. And they come by. Pay tribute to it. (laughs) And Yeah. And they come by, and the son hears the plane. And he's like, thank you. Fuck, <laughs> basically. So, so the son is waving his life vest uh, on the bank, and he sees the plane take a sharp turn toward him. And he said he just dropped to his knees because he knows that somebody's seen him at last. Thank God.
1: Man, imagine that feeling.
0: Oh, I feel like there would be no better feeling. No. You would just, I like, you would just break down a cry oh, you'd just
1: be exhausted. Like, I can't imagine you'd be sleeping much.
0: I mean, no, I mean, you, you keep, wouldn't be. be. You'd just be... You'd be freezing, yeah. starving. He was walked 12 hours the first day. Like, it's just it, it's so de- devastating. So the plane comes, drops food and a radio to Blake, which is the son. Um, and they t- he tells him about the capsizing, that his father's upstream. So they go. the plane goes to the father, drops him a tent and sleeping bag and food. And then a helicopter comes four hours later... It seems a little bit like can you get any faster? Yeah, I don't know, like well, maybe, four they hours. Had to,
1: maybe they had to get a helicopter from somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it is Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Alaska.
1: And they probably had to coordinate a rescue effort.
0: That's that's not that's
1: not true. I mean, you've done five days. Four hours is yeah like, But out.
0: imagine if you're like on the brink of hypothermia and then like you won't you don't have four hours left in you. But he did they did give him a sleeping bag, so and some food. So they get rescued, they picked him up Apparently they were just like covered in soot and dirt, and Neil said his dad looked like he worked in a coal mine, and they were rescued. And two months later, Blake became the father of his second son,
1: who went on to win to become
0: Miles (laughs) McCready. Who was stuck in an airport for 24 hours until he won the lacrosse championship. It all all comes full circle. Well, it's a great story. Yeah, they said that two months later they were or sorry they said that they were already planning their next trip down the Koyukuk river which i don't think i would go back but Determined. more power
1: to you yeah just make sure you don't go first this time
0: yeah exactly wait until like july yeah
1: someone else goes and you're like
0: uh you, know, you guys go no i'm good, I'm you, good. Go you, go, you go first You go first. yeah
1: so you that do that just... trick where you like pretend to tie your shoe oh yeah. one sec you guys uh, go first. i just need
0: to uh do this thing you yeah. guys go so that is the story of Blake and Neil on the Koyukuk Yuc- River.
1: Well, well, we, we're very glad to hear that, and we wish them all the best on their journey.
0: Yes. Um, oh, wait.
1: They've already done it. This they've already done
0: ago. it. This was in 2013. Or okay. 2003, sorry. And I just want to give a shout-out to the Los Angeles Times, who uh, an article called The Men the River Swallowed by J. Michael Kennedy, where I got a lot of this info from. Cool. Thank you, J. Michael Kennedy. Wow, well, we- yeah, we should start creating some sources. Yeah, I used a lot from that. So, you know, if you want to read it, it's really like there's even way more detail. There was a very long piece. So uh, it's called The Men the River Swallowed on the LA Times. Wow. Mm-hmm. What's your travel takeaway? Um, my travel takeaway? Well, so actually at the end of the article, they have a teachable moment, which I thought was very appropriate. And it's just uh, never say die. So my travel takeaway is Goonies never say die. Just keep going. Just keep Because you never know when you're going to get rescued, you know? Always yeah. just push a little bit longer.
1: And maybe carry more lighters, mm-hmm. flares, things like that. Yeah. Various other... Always
0: keep your lighter and your... Um, pocket knife. Pocket knife in your zip-up pants. <laughs> zip shorts. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Wow, that was a great story. Thank you. My story is is now going to seem like it's not as serious. But it's, it's, kind of on a okay. similar, it's, it's kind of on a similar note. My main story is called Give Me a Break. Give me a break. break.
0: Give me a break. break this story is pretty that.
1: recent. It happened about a month ago, mid-September 2019, and is with a hiker called Neil Parker. <gasps> Whoa,
0: weird.
1: Okay. Neil, Neil is 54, and he hails from my great country of Australia. He's in, he's in the north. He's in Queensland. He's an experienced hiker, and he took off on a Sunday to do the Cabbage Tree Creek. There's a Cabbage Tree Creek Trail.
0: That is a tongue twister.
1: We always end up with at least one tongue twister. At least one episode. tongue.
0: It keeps us on our toes. On our tongues. On our tongues.
1: Cabbage Tree Creek Trail on Mount Nubu in northwest Nebu, Nibu. Nibu in northwest Brisbane. It's supposed to be a 3-hour hike, but it ends up taking him 2 days. Oh my god,
0: did he use Google Maps? <laughs> yeah.
1: Seriously. <laughs> he's like I swear there was a turnoff somewhere <laughs> here. While he's out. So that basically he goes off on this walk. So he's an experienced hiker, he's part of some kind of he's part of a hiking group, bushwalkers or something like that. So he knows his stuff. He goes out. Well, does he? I don't know. Okay. He goes out for a hike, and while he's hiking, he slips while trying to climb a dry section of a waterfall. So I'm assuming that you know, this is this is up in the north. Well, they get rain up there. I don't know. I guess this waterfall is dried out. Okay. He tries to climb up this section. He slips. He falls. He slides about twenty feet, cartwheels down this thing. Cartwheels? Well, that's the way they describe <laughs> that, it. That
0: doesn't seem like a very appropriate ooh, word. Ooh. It sounds like he's doing that on purpose. No, it's
1: like when you're rolling. Okay. You're like end he's over end. Falling. Yeah, but I think when, when you say cartwheeled, it means they're like fall, falling end over end. Okay. Like sort of like bouncing around. It
0: sounds like he's having a lot of fun, but yeah. he's not. Yeah. Whee! <laughs>
1: he's at a waterfall in his cartwheeling. The yeah, story I know. sounds like, amazing this so sounds far. great. <laughs> he eventually falls down, slams into a rock, and into the bottom of the creek. He ends up fracturing his leg and his wrist. I mean, I, I should probably say not fracturing. He like snaps his leg. So I've seen the x ray. And it's the bottom of his, like just above his ankle, and his tibia and fibula, both parts, are completely snapped. So he's basically snapped his leg, and it's just dangling, Ew. like at his ankle. Ugh. And he's in a world of pain, and he also fractures his wrist. Yikes! So he's laying there; he's all busted up. He goes to pull out his phone, and he can't get a signal. So it's not—it's yeah. not a particularly. Grueling hike, I would imagine. I mean, it's only a, supposed to be a three hour Why hike. Why was he
0: crawling up a waterfall?
1: Well, I guess he was just like getting over there a section or something. Huh. I don't know. They don't really okay. explain it. Okay. So it's only supposed to be a three hour hike. So it can't, it's not like he's going into the depths of the bush. Right. So he's down in the bottom of this creek, this dried out creek bed. Well, it's sort of dried out. And after falling down the waterfall, and he's... Sorry,
0: how far did he fall again?
1: About 20 feet. But he's sliding okay. down like rocks. He's cartwheeling. He's cartwheeling. I don't know if he actually fell 20 feet and dropped, because that's pretty high to hit yes. the deck. So yeah. he's probably sliding, and eventually when he slams into the bottom of the creek bed, he breaks his ankle and his wrist. Okay. So he's laying there, and he's like, fuck, you know, i got to, I got to get out of here. And he gets his phone out of his pocket, but because he's down at the bottom of the creek, he can't get a signal. So he thinks to himself, oh, I've got to get to higher ground. He goes to put his phone back into his pocket, and he misses his pocket, and it slips, and it falls into the water, and it dies. <sighs> no.
0: <laughs> so his uh, phone's done. Heartbreaking.
1: And then he's like, okay, well, I'd, I, gotta, I just got to keep cruising. I get, got to get out of here. This is what he says. My left foot just below my ankle, just below my ankle, I guess, clean snapped in half. So the whole board of my leg came loose. I had to carry my leg.
0: Oh and legs my are, God. And
1: legs are very ha- heavy when they're not connected to anything.
0: Oh my God.
1: So he was basically trying, like picking it up, like picking up his leg to carry, like, and just inching himself forward bit by bit by bit, crawling over rocks, Ugh. doing stuff like that. He'd get a meter, a meter and a half. So he'd get four, five, six feet and he'd have to take a break. And one of the reasons, so he, he's on this hike, which was supposed to be probably a pretty easy hike. So he fucked up because he didn't tell anyone where he was going Ugh. and he wasn't carrying his emergency beacon, which is something that it's like a little device that can broadcast your uh-huh. position to somebody uh-huh. if you're in an emergency. So he didn't have that on him. Aye, aye, aye. He had given his emergency beacon. So he he was married at some mm-hmm. stage. I don't know anything about this backstory, so I'm just speculating. Okay. But he and his wife split up. That's all I know. Okay. And he'd given his emergency beacon to his wife when they split and he hadn't bought a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this guy is a pretty experienced, he's a, he's a guide from the, the Brisbane bushwalkers, that's the, that's the nail I was trying to find, mm-hmm. and he creates a splint on his leg, he uses these two walking poles, mm-hmm. and then he uses bandage that he was carrying with him for, if he'd been bitten by a snake, snakes, very prevalent in Australia, mm-hmm. as you know, something about wrapping them, I guess. I do
0: know, I have seen know. them. You
1: have, you almost stepped on a tiger snake yes. in Victoria. And so he's got bandages in his bag, and he's got his walking poles. And so he creates a splint where he splints his two walking poles on the side of his leg, wraps it tight, and then he's made himself a makeshift splint. Genius. So now now he doesn't have to—he doesn't have to hold his leg. He can just crawl with it, Uh or like you know, with this thing. So (laughs) he's—he starts to make the crawl back to the to the start, not the finish line. I guess it's the the finish line. line. He starts to make the crawl back to because he knows what, which way he's got to go. So he's crawling back. And so this is Sunday. So he doesn't show up to work on Monday. Oh. And someone's like, well, you know, where is this guy? Where, where's Neil? He hasn't showed up. His, his boss is alerted. He gives his ex-wife a call. She says well, they don't know where he is. And then they set up a search party to start looking for him.
0: Oh, that's so nice. And so
1: I guess they probably were able to deduce that he'd gone on some kind of hike Or maybe that's the one. Or maybe they were able to find out where he'd gone in the end. And finally, a rescue helicopter sees him on the trail on Tuesday. And he's airlifted to safety.
0: So he's had two days.
1: Two days. Wow. So two days of himself crawling with a completely snapped leg.
0: So he didn't run into anybody else on that trail?
1: I guess not. I mean, maybe maybe this hike... I didn't look into the hike. (laughs) So, So maybe this hike is more isolated than... Yeah. And
0: if it was Sunday, maybe it was less likely there were going to be a lot of people. Yeah. People hike on Saturdays, Yeah, I find.
1: So, yeah, that's that's the story of Neil Neil oh, Parker, 54. Poor Neil. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting story. He won't story. be
0: kneeling anytime soon.
1: Well, no, he was kneeling the whole time. He was crawling.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh, so, my travel
1: takeaway from this was that you should never leave home on a hike without telling someone where you're going.
0: Good Takeaway and take your beacon,
1: or you should be a better. Don't husband give your beacon you should, to your ex wife. You be a better husband, and not get divorced, so then you don't lose your beacon.
0: Oh my god, that's the takeaway. That's my takeaway. Yeah, okay, or just buy another beacon. Buy another I beacon. Mean, how much could they cost? A hundred dollars. I was gonna say five dollars. I don't know.
1: I don't know how much does a banana cost.
0: Five dollars.
1: <laughs> I feel like if you're an experienced hiker, something like this, and you know, like I probably wouldn't even think about bringing an emergency beacon. On a Not hike.
0: for a short hike like that.
1: So if he's if he's experienced enough to have one and to know that, then he should know that he should always have one.
0: Yes, true.
1: So he should just go buy one.
0: Go buy one, Neil.
1: He should try and get sponsored by
0: one. Yeah, we'll send you five bucks. You can buy... Well, it's on us. It's on us. Yeah. Wow, that's a crazy story. So made it back. Very similar stories this yeah, week.
1: Yeah, very similar. Weird.
0: We were mm. psychically connected with the Neils and the helicopters. Mm. And-, and
1: the... And the hiking missions. and the rescue missions,
0: yeah, crazy. So, two,
1: so, so, some lucky neils.
0: Yeah, a couple of lucky neils.
1: They should connect.
0: They should connect. That would be nice. Was Maybe Neil they the can do a hike.
1: The, the dad or the son.
0: Neil was the dad.
1: So he's so pretty he old would now. be
0: eighty-two.
1: Okay, I'm
0: gonna go with that. Yeah. Know. I'm not gonna fact check. <laughs> I'm not gonna fact check that I'm one. I'm not
1: gonna run the math too hard on that one. Yeah.
0: Um. Wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So all people survived all our stories today.
0: Yes, they did. That's a nice. That's day. a nice way to it. It's a nice yet. day when that yeah, happens. Yeah,
1: it's not always going to be like that though. No, sometimes. Yeah. People don't survive. People don't make it. Yeah. It's yeah. life.
0: It is such travel.
1: Yeah, that is travel.
0: Yeah. Should we wrap up? Yes, let's wrap up. Mm, I'm hungry. Oh my god, I'm starving. We need to eat. We need to eat. We can't just sit here all day and talk to you people.
1: All right, Voyagers. And we're also going to run this and get this uploaded.
0: Yeah, because it's Monday. Because it's Monday. I love a good Monday. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much, Voyagers, for joining in for another crazy adventure of Not So Bon Voyage. We love you guys. You keep this podcast running.
0: You keep us alive.
1: Keep us alive, especially when you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Because it just keeps us churning these episodes out. You keep listening. We'll keep making them.
0: Yes, please. Okay. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: All right guys, stay safe on the road and if you're not, remember to tell us about it. Bye bitches. Bye.